Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister calls on businesses interested in the federal wage subsidy to do the right thing. If you have the means to pay the remaining 25% that's not covered by the subsidy, please do so. And if you think this is a system you can take advantage of or game, don't. There will be serious consequences for those who do. An acknowledgement that some Canadians are having trouble trying to access government benefits. I really apologize sincerely for some of the kinks in the delivery of these programs, but I want to assure people we are working 24-7 to get that support out to Canadians. And what kind of help will the military be able to provide if the provinces ask for it? We are going to be able to uh, respond either with specialist capabilities like medical, logistics, engineering for a short duration event or for longer duration events depending on what the need of the provinces is. It's Tuesday, March 31st. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Thank you, Mark. So this is March 31st, uh, the end of one of the most unusual months in Canadian history, frankly, uh, certainly in recent history. Uh, And tomorrow, it's April 1st, we've been talking about this week as important from the point of view that it's been a couple of weeks since a lot of Canadians self-isolated, and so will we begin to see the flattening of the curve this week? More to come on that, obviously, but tomorrow's an important day as well because individuals and businesses will have rent payments, some of the mortgage payments, uh, other other contracts that are due on uh, on this date, and we're entering a new month at a time of uncertainty and with kind of an indefinite sense of when this is all going to end. So there's a psychological aspect to this as well, I think. Oh, definitely. I went back yesterday and, and looked through the star to see how we were reporting on this on March 1st, only a month ago, um, trying to see whether this story or this crisis sort of crept in like a lamb and is going out like a lion. And it is true, March 1st, we weren't doing a lot of talking about this we were it was still something that was happening outside Canada and I think um, you know various friends this will become you know where were you when but I, I think it was around March 11th or so that people realized this thing was hitting home and I think it was you know the combination of um, what Trump was doing in the United States but also the Prime Minister going into self-isolation where he remains um, and I do think, as you say, it's a psychological deadline for people. There are there are very real deadlines like rent uh, due and, and contracts, as you say, for April 1st. But I think when people are seeing, are looking at April and thinking, my goodness, it's going to be like the last half of March. And that's reinforced for anybody who's watching American news. And Donald Trump, very publicly, has had to revise his back-to-normal estimate of Easter to April 30th. So I think tomorrow, uh, on April Fool's Day, Canadians and, and many people around the planet are going to be staring down the next month, realizing this is the long haul. I think this is the week where we've realized this has become the long haul. Yeah. The Prime Minister revealed more details yesterday about the federal wage subsidy. Uh, The finance minister is expected to speak today as well. Uh, It's still not 
100% clear how this is going to be rolled out. I know a lot of business people are asking questions about it. Um, but the Prime Minister made it clear yesterday that it will apply quite widely, uh, but there is a threshold in terms of business losses of 30%. You have to show that you've lost 30% of your business or more in order to qualify, obviously, to to prevent businesses that are that are making more money during this crisis from qualifying. That's right. His language was very interesting about this. It was sort of good cop and bad cop in one in one paragraph. He said this is going to be very wide and widespread, um, but look out, uh, don't game the system. And that that speaks to a mindset. I'm sure you've been talking to public servants as well, too. Um, I think that is in the federal government right now, which is let's get this money out the door and ask questions later. That um, there, is, so the details will be out today, but I expect them to be generous. I think again about that psychological deadline. The government, the measures that we've been seeing over the past week, have been more about getting Canadians through this than past it. If you know what I mean, um, that this. Uh, the government, I think, is is staring down the idea that people, the, the whole country seems to be living paycheck to paycheck, and that they've got to subsidize uh, the economy just to get people through week to week now, not, uh, you know, at some distant point. Are we going to see help for the oil and gas sector in the days ahead, do you think? Yeah. Um, Bill Morneau, the finance minister, has been saying um, almost daily that it is coming, that help is coming. My colleague at the Star, Alex Bollingville, did a very good story today on this, uh, talking about how even in a pandemic, the tension, though, between the oil and gas sector and the climate change sector has not changed. And that there are some, I heard this being discussed in the House of Commons during its brief sitting last week, is that there would be some on the climate change side uh, who are saying, Let's use this occasion and the collapse of the oil prices as a fundamental reset of our economy and uh, to get it on track. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's uh, like a red flag to an already beleaguered oil and gas industry that is is really hurting. Uh, Massive layoffs are are taking place. uh, The the price of oil, uh, for all kinds of reasons, too long to list here, has been has been plummeting. So on top of the pandemic, we've got this financial crisis in the oil and gas sector. I, I think there, there, with this one, there is a short-term and long-term outlook on this. And there will be people saying, and I've, I've seen it already on social media, do not shore up this sector. You know, this is a, this is a market correction of a universal nature. And then there is the, the real question of, Albertans hurting more than, um, and oil oil resource workers hurting even more than the rest of the population. What about the fact that yesterday the the Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, acknowledged that some Canadians are having trouble accessing government services for a number of reasons. Uh, Obviously, there's huge pressure being put on the system right now. We had heard a few days back about the the enormous number of people who had applied for employment insurance benefits. Uh, That kind of thing is going on all at a time when many government workers are are working from home. So there, there are questions about whether the system can handle all this pressure. 
and everybody in this town uh, it dares not say the word Phoenix uh, because the 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 catastrophe that was the Phoenix payroll system is a system-wide failure of a government trying to modernize. And I think there is a, a, a real worry inside the government and outside the government that, you know, the Prime Minister even alluded to this yesterday. He said, uh, he sort of said with a half smile on his face, governments are not nimble. And this is a massive, massive enterprise, um, way bigger than Phoenix, way bigger than trying to modernize a payroll system. And as you say, public servants are just like us. They're trying to manage this in in a totally different situation. So I would expect that this is going to see a lot of hiccups, um, to say the least. But my understanding from public servants, too, is there's there's an idea of get this money out the door and ask questions later. Right. Uh, much much like it, it, it is very interesting to me that um, they are doing this mainly through people's Revenue Canada accounts. And Revenue Canada, as we all know from filing our taxes, normally we'd be getting worried about that around now. Um, Normally, uh, Revenue Canada is far better at processing people's claims, as we know, than employment insurance or some of the other more cumbersome things. So I think they've gone, they've, they've deliberately chosen to do this with Revenue Canada, which, as we know, tends to do your returns now and ask questions later and corrects the record later. And I think that's the same model that that is being used inside government to get this money out the door. Let's talk about the military and any role they may have in this, because that was a subject of discussion yesterday. Uh, The defense minister spoke. uh, The prime minister was asked about it. Uh, It appears they're ready to go. The question is, what could they be used for? I think that's, that's one of the things people are wondering about. Yeah, and it comes at the same time that you see lining up across the country, uh, provincial premiers, public health officials, even the prime minister, getting tougher and tougher with people about self-isolation and states of emergency. And I think for some people that conjures up the spectacle of soldiers walking through the streets and ordering you back into your homes. I don't think we're at that state yet, but you do see patients running out um, all over the, the place. I I was watching uh, the Defence Minister, Harjit Sajjan, yesterday talking about this, and I, I think there's a real question of resources. I think what they may be used for uh, is to handle things that, you know, uh, firefighters, you know, um, floods. This is fire, fire season and flood season is coming, and... Normally, we would have all kinds of, um, you know, it, it, that is a huge drain on firefighting and flood fighting resources anyway. And I guess that's the idea is that that uh, that the military will be store, shoring up our resources that way. All right. So much to talk about, Susan, all, all themed around one enormous topic. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Stay safe. That's Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. For people to get through this tough time and for the economy to rebound, people have to keep their jobs. So we announced the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. 
Now, let's take a look at what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues that as the crisis grows, so must the federal government's response. The Star writes, The government's program to keep businesses afloat is a vast commitment. It is also the latest sign of how the government has been running to keep up with this metastasizing economic disaster. The government is designing its response on the fly, inevitable given the fast-moving nature of the COVID-19 pandemic. But such speed comes with risks. In the Globe and Mail, Miles Korak argues the federal government is struggling to be a just-in-time government. He writes, What is clear from the COVID-19 crisis is that we should always choose our leaders with character in mind. It determines how they will stand up to the unexpected. But good governance also needs an infrastructure that can deliver. We have a professional public service, but we fear its muscles can't flex in real time. Our governments have to think big, but they can only implement incrementally. Events are moving too fast for Canadians to expect otherwise, even if what they really need is both big and just-in-time government. At iPolitics, Paul M. Young considers the stark contrast as Canada and the United States face the challenge of the coronavirus. He writes, In Canada, there has been an unprecedented level of cooperation among governments. Justin Trudeau conveys the federal government's priorities on a daily basis. President Trump's press briefings have been unstructured, rambling, and largely partisan. The ability to protect each country's population in the coming weeks and months depends on successful policies and communications, providing economic relief and the willingness of governments to intervene. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. As usual, we'll be hearing a daily briefing from the Prime Minister at around 11.15 Eastern Time today, followed by a briefing from federal ministries. As CPAC's Martin Stringer tells us, two ministers will be providing some much-wanted clarity on some of the government's measures. Mark, we've been told to expect a briefing today from Finance Minister Bill Morneau and Small Business Minister Mary Ng, and a lot of people who own businesses around Canada would like to get some details on some of the programs announced in the government's multi-billion dollar economic aid package. Specifically, there are still questions surrounding the employer's salary subsidy in which Ottawa would pay up to 75% of an employer's costs to keep on employees if the company had seen a downturn of more than 30% in its business. Now, at the same time, the Prime Minister warned employers yesterday not to use the government's subsidy as a way of just keeping on staff at 75% salary. Justin Trudeau warned there would be serious consequences if they did that. So employers will no doubt want to know more about what the rules exactly will be surrounding that program. Also, when the subsidy was first introduced, at 10% of an employee's salary, a strict ceiling or limit was set on how much an employer could receive at about $1,300 per employee and $25,000 per company. But now with the subsidies at 75% of an employee's salary, well, employers will burn through that ceiling in a matter of weeks. Today, a lot of business owners will also be interested in finding more out from the ministers about the $40,000 loans that the Prime Minister announced last Friday to help companies through this bad patch. He announced that up to $10,000 of each loan could be forgivable. So without doubt, small business owners will want to know what the conditions are for qualifying for that attractive write-off. So, Mark, a lot of Canada's business community will be watching closely for when they hear from Ministers Morneau and Ng. Thanks, Martin. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, March the 31st. Tune into CPAC throughout the day today for continuing coverage of the coronavirus situation and primetime politics tonight. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.